last message in our Teach Us to Pray series, um, we really, my hope has been that your prayer life is better if you've listened or been part of these last few messages on prayer. The whole idea is to help us to pray the way that God wants us to pray. Because we do things a certain way and we fall into a pattern, but we don't really check back in to see if that's the right way to do things. Has anybody ever experienced that in your life where you've been doing something and you think you're, you're fine or good at it even, but then somebody else comes along and shows you just how not good at it you are and how much you can learn? So that's the idea behind the series. So today, Um, I want to recap some of the things that we've talked about, and I want to give you some final words of encouragement in this series, and then we're going to be practicing what I've preached over the last several weeks. But don't get scared. It's not going to be dull or boring. We've bolted the door so you can't leave, okay? It's going to be a brief prayer meeting that we're going to have together. So I want you to know, because I like to know what's expected and what's coming, I'm going to tell you what's coming. I'm going to share with you a a brief recap of the last few weeks, and then I'm going to share just a few thoughts today. The worship team is going to join me, the lights will go down, and I'm going to give you instructions, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for each other, we're going to pray for needs in our body, we're going to pray for healing, we're going to pray for our city, we're going to have a mini prayer meeting. And I would say it's not your mama's prayer meeting, but you know, if your mama was at a prayer meeting, chances are it might've been really good back in those days. So I'm hoping maybe it is just like your mama's prayer meeting. Amen. Uh, but don't get scared. It'll be brief and we'll still get out at the same period of time. I'll just talk less in the message. Don't say amen right now. Don't. I want to remind you though, what prayer is prayer as we've defined it in this series Everybody say verbal communication. communication. That means I use my mouth. Verbal communication with God where we talk with him, not just to him, but we talk with him because we give him opportunity to talk back to us and to speak to us. We confess our sins. How many of you confessed a sin to God this week? Just raise your hand. We should be okay doing that. We need to do that a lot more often. And the Bible actually says in James that we're to confess our sins one to another as well. And ask him to fulfill our needs and the desires of our heart. Uh, My wife and I, I used this uh, testimony recently. My wife and I were okay. We were living in a two-bedroom apartment. Everything is fine. There are many, probably millions of people in the world who have way worse conditions. And so we were very thankful But there was a desire in our hearts, not a true need, but a desire in our hearts to get out of a two bedroom and to be in a three bedroom because we've got two kids so they could have their own room. And God supplied that need and he's done an amazing thing in our lives, which we already had shelter, but God just gave us the increase as we trusted him. He helped us. So that's a very good thing. In week one, I told you that we are to pray like Jesus. We talked about when Jesus prayed and how he prayed, but we also talked about something that we call prayerlessness. Prayerlessness is the most common culprit of dysfunctional churches and believers. I really honestly and truly believe that. I believe that the churches that split, the churches that have people who argue over the color of the paint or the color of the, you know, 
carpet, don't look down, uh, or things like that, when they argue over things like that, I am convinced it's a matter that needs to be taken to God in prayer because people become more selfless when they pray. It's a natural thing. It's a natural thing for them to be selfless, but if they haven't been praying, chances are they're overcome with selfishness. So prayerlessness is a sin against God. To fail to pray is a failure to treat God as God. And Jesus, he did. He prayed alone. He prayed with others. He prayed before his meals. He prayed for others. And he even prayed for you and for me. But remember what prayerlessness does to you. It leaves you weak. It leaves you open and susceptible to the enemy, to the temptations of this world and of your own self. It also does something else, which something we haven't really, we don't talk about too much because we're in America, the land of the free, the home of the brave, be independent. And if you've ever had a toddler, you're praying that they will find their independence. But God's kingdom is not like that. If I am prayerless, what I'm doing is I am declaring my independence from God. But when I am prayerful, I am saying, God, I need you. I need you before I send this text message. Let me just stop and let you think about that. I need you before I send this email. I need you before I go cut off that person and run them in the ditch. I need, I need you. Prayer is so important. So to fail to pray is a failure to treat God as God. We also said in week one that silent prayer is not a biblical precedent or a regular practice. So I know that might upset some of the upbringing that we've had when maybe you've been in part of a different church or something that said, let's have a moment of silent prayer. Uh, the truth is 99.9% of all opportunities we see about prayer in scripture in, involve the verbal expression from the heart. So week number two, we covered this, the necessary elements of prayer. You say, pastor, you sound like a teacher giving the prep for the final. I am. <laughs> Week number two, we said that the necessary elements of prayer are these. There, there are three on your screen right there, but it comes from Mark chapter 11, where Jesus comes into the tabernacle or the temple rather, sorry. And he comes in and he throws the money changers out of the temple. And he says, my father's house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. So the first thing we need when we pray is faith. And if you don't got it, God will give it to you. Okay, I know that wasn't proper grammar. But if you don't have enough, you don't think you have enough. God's word, Jesus himself said, all you need is a microscopic amount. And that's enough to move a mountain. If you're putting it in the right place and believing in God, not in humanity or relationships or anything else. Forgiveness. We said that's a necessary element. And we said something that's pretty revolutionary, although it's clear in scripture, and that is God's forgiveness is conditional. It's conditioned on whether or not I am a forgiving person towards others. So this is really, really important stuff. Another necessary element is praise. And that's what we just did. And Psalm 33 verse one says this, praise looks good on you. Amen? 
all those who sing on the worship team and lead with an instrument up here and they look out at your face when you're praising God, praise looks good on you. Okay. Uh, you can be sad at a funeral and you should look that way at a funeral, not with a praise face, but with a sad face. But when it comes to worshiping God and praising him, the psalmist says it actually, it does a body good. It does a face good. I told one of my employees this week, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Praise looks good on you. I'm going on. All right, next screen. Number four, number five, and number six in week two was repentance. Now, repentance is a dramatic change in direction. It is not just an apology. You have got to understand it's a change of mind and a change of action. So uh, my wife and I have this very funny reference that I can't go into try to explain, but it's something in the entertainment world uh, that happened years ago. And pretty much there's this character who just goes, sorry. And you know she's not sorry, okay? She's doing bad things, and you know she's not sorry. And sometimes I think that's how we treat God in prayer. Sorry. Okay, here's what I need, and I need it now. But that's not repentance. Repentance truly is a change in direction, and it's not just an apology. Thanksgiving is coming. It's not just one day a year. (laughs) It should be every day of your life. When you come into a moment of prayer with God, you are to thank him. You know why you're to thank him? Think about it for just a second. Not just because he's good, but when I thank him, I am reminding myself of all he's done. And that then builds my faith because I'm going to pray a big prayer for something I need God to do now. So if I remember what he did then, then I've got this heart of thanksgiving. And then number six, and this is funny that it's the last one, but that's where you tell him what you want. (laughs) So you do all these other things because they're more important in your growth, in in your relationship with God. And then you come to the place of your request. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I tell people, youngest to oldest, it doesn't matter. If you are praying and giving a request to God, you better make sure it's biblically based. You say, well, what does that mean? Find out by reading God's word. Amen. Because I, I gave you that example of Lord, help me win the lottery. That's not, I mean, that might be an honest prayer, but that's not a prayer that I should be praying. Why? Because gambling is bad stewardship. Lord, I'm about to have my annual review at work. Would you move with a spirit of generosity on my boss to give me the increase that you know that I deserve for work? Hey, amen. Come on. Somebody praise him. Right? Like that's a prayer that God can honor and can hear. Because then all of a sudden you're talking about something that you want and or something that you might need. But it's based on the ideas that are found in scripture. Now that's, that's how we're to pray. Then last week I preached a message called when not if. And here are the three things. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrite. Cause God knows better. Hypocrite, that word comes from the people who were stage actors in the old Greek days. And they would put on a mask quickly and go out and be a new character. And they'd run behind a curtain and they'd run back out with a new face on. So don't be like that. 
When you pray, don't be like the Gentiles. Don't just babble on and on. Now, I know that there are some baby Christians who have just become Christians and just gotten into their faith. But if you say Heavenly Father 72 times in three minutes, you're not praying words. You're you're not getting there. Does that make sense? Just nod your head at me. I'm not trying to browbeat you today. I'm just telling you, think about what you're saying. I feel like sometimes we're on autopilot and it's weird. So don't, so don't be weird when you talk to God. Just tell him what you need. <laughs> Number three, I got to go on. When you pray, pray specifically. I gave you this example. You don't go into a restaurant and just say, hey, I'll take whatever the chef wants to cook me. Doesn't matter. Well, I would do that in a fine French restaurant, but I would not do that at Wendy's in Clinton, okay? Because you just, you're not going to, mm, no, uh-uh. So specificity is natural. Like you know what you want, so pray what you want. Or you know what you need, pray what you need. And when we pray specifically, it teaches us to trust God and it helps build our faith and give our heart hope. So I said this and I hope you have been living this out this week. This is the time for you to self-evaluate right now. Pray every day. If you didn't this week and you skipped today, we're not giving you demerits. You're not getting a detention. But God's missed you on the days that you haven't talked with him. So you should hear that as an invitational sort of thought. That God wants to hear from you and he wants you to hear from him. So use a list and prioritize prayer. Today we're going to pray as a church. And I want to tell you, based on what I just said about an invitation, I don't want you to feel guilt coming from me when I say this. But I want to tell you that Pray First, which happens for the last almost two years at this point, on every Sunday morning from 9.30 to, or 9.45 to 10.15 for 30 minutes, is an incredible time in prayer. It prepares my heart. I know it impacts my own spiritual life. It also prepares all of us because you got time to let God deal with you and you deal with God before the message ever happens and before worship songs become the, the thing of the moment, before you give an offering or anything like that. You have time to just soak in his presence. And that's really, really important. So take that as an invitation, not as any guilt towards you. But if we believe that prayer really makes a difference, if we truly believe that with all of our heart and we believe that prayer changes things, we would pray more. We really would. I thought to myself as I was developing the message, that idea of saying the prayer before I send the text, and I don't do that enough and I should. Stop. Don't laugh. That's my wife on the front row going, yeah, honey, preach to yourself. No, here's the, here's the idea, even those simple things. And I've, I've said before in the, in a, just a casual way, it's not like you're going to the fridge in the morning. You just woke up and you open the doors and you see that glorious light (laughs) and you look inside and then you bow a knee and you say, Lord, should I have milk or orange juice? We're not talking about kooky, weird stuff. But sending a text message could be something that I should pray about. All right, that was just for me. I'm moving right on. 
I know that we are impacted when we pray first. So praying first, that should be like our first response, not the last thing on the list. So I want to share with you some things that we emphasize during our pray first time together. And right now I'm going to invite the worship team to come and join me. I want to tell you the the definition of a word that we use in church that doesn't make any sense if you haven't known or heard it before, and that is the word corporate. When I say corporate, I think of a corporation or I think of a business, I think of a corporate firm, but really it's a word that comes from the Greek that means to form into a body. So when we say there's a difference between private prayer We know what private is. That's just you and God. And corporate prayer, that's what we're talking about. We're not trying to bring business terms and and redeem them. I'm just telling you, when when you hear that term, this is what it means. So corporate prayer is important because it creates unity. When we pray together, it unifies us. In fact, there have been moments in my life that I've had issues in relationships and I find it really hard to pray with that person. Why is that? Because something inside of me is turned upside down and I'm not obeying scripture that says, pray for your enemies, pray for those who despitefully use you, turn the other cheek and all of those things. I find it hard because I'm just stuck in my selfish pattern. But man, when we just give it to God and say, you know what, let's pray together, it creates unity. John chapter 17, verse 22 says this, and Jesus is praying this prayer to God the Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. So he wants unity in the body of Christ, in the church. Verse 23 says, I am them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. So it really can produce unity. The next thing it brings is it encourages one another. Corporate prayer together encourages me. I'm sure, and I, I don't want to like bring them up and interview them right now, but I'm sure Bill and Suzanne's hearts lightened even if just a moment when they received that envelope and when they had people, you know, for the front desk, hey, you've got some things down here to pick up. I know that that encouraged them because they're not alone. Amen, right? The same thing is true of you and I. My wife and I went through one of the toughest seasons of our lives in the last year, year and a half. And God has done incredible things, but he did it through you because you were the encouragement in that dark night of the soul, if you will. You were the one who helped and checked in and said, Pastor, you guys okay? How are you doing? That is a blessing. So when I pray with you and you hear me say, Lord, I pray over Crystal right now that you'd bless her, that you'd give her peace, that you'd help her children mind, that you would, because <laughs> she's going, amen, pray that over me. Then she is, her spirit is lifted because she's been encouraged. So that's what we want to do. And the last thing that corporate prayer does is it helps spur one another on to love and good deeds. You ever seen a cowboy that had the actual boots on from the old days with spurs on the back? 
those are not just decorations. It wasn't him bedazzling his boots, okay? They're there for a purpose. The purpose is to coax the horse to get going. It's to, it's to move in the right direction. So the Bible actually tells us in Hebrews that we're supposed to spur one another on to good deeds and to love. So I can do that when I pray with you and when you pray with me and when we pray for one another. I want you to stand with me. We're gonna have just a few minutes of prayer. I'm gonna share these last things and leave them on the screen for just a moment. When we pray corporately or when we pray together, we do these things. We pray audibly. You say, Pastor, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to sound weird to the person next to me. It doesn't matter. If it matters to them, there are 29 other churches here in this city that they can go to. But today in the house of the Lord, you should be able to whisper. I'm not asking you to be weird. And, oh, heavenly father. Don't do that. Don't scare your neighbor, but pray out loud. We pray biblically, like I already gave you the example of, and we pray for the lost. This is what we do every Sunday morning. You might be here today and you might be the lost. You say, well, that's offensive. Well, the gospel is offensive to those who are lost, who reject it, but it's such a welcome surprise to those who understand that God's love sent his only son to a cross to die a gruesome death for you and I, and to not stay buried in a grave, but to rise again. That's what we celebrate at Easter, to rise again, because when he rose, I now know I can rise with him. It gives me hope. So if you might be away from God and lost in the path of life, God wants to meet you today. The last screen is this. We pray for freedom from sin and bondage. Maybe it's something that you've been dealing with. Maybe you have what somebody has said is an anger problem. Maybe you have a thing where you always catch yourself gossiping, or maybe you have some sort of sin or bondage in your life that, that you've prayed for and haven't gotten freedom for yet. Well, God wants to deliver you here today. I believe it with all my heart. That's what I've been doing is praying for this time together. We pray for physical healing. If you've got a need in your body, we believe he's the healer. If you've got an emotional need, God can help you with that too. And then lastly, we pray for our church, we pray for our city and for our country. Let me say something really clearly to you. You should not care who sits inside of our oval office when it comes to prayer. When it comes to policy, you can make your own choice, you can vote your own way and do your own thing. It doesn't matter who sits there the Bible tells us that we're to pray for that person. We're to pray for our leaders. Even if you don't like our mayor, you're supposed to pray for him. If you don't like the city councilman, then use your vote and change it. But in the meantime, pray for them. Because if you're like, well, they're just mean and I'm not going to pray for them. How good is that going to be? That's not going to change anything. But I truly believe that prayer changes hearts. And if I pray every day for the president and the vice president and those who lead our nation and our country and our civic government and all those things, I, I really got to believe that God can change 
our society because we pray. In fact, I would say there are many dark things in our world today that are present because we as believers have failed to pray. I truly believe that. Miss Christine, go back to that first one that says audibly, biblically. I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. The worship team is going to play softly behind right now. They're not going to sing. And I just want you to close your eyes and just focus on the Lord. And I'm going to lead us in prayer. You could pray a simple prayer like, Lord, I'm here and I'm wanting to hear from you. You could pray, go ahead and whisper prayers to him. Pray out loud and say, Lord, there's something on my heart that I've been wanting to tell you, whatever it is. You could also take the aspect of praising him and say, Lord, I just want to thank you today. God, you've been so good to me. Mm, You've been so good. Hallelujah. Oh, I praise you, Lord. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Just pray, simple prayer to him. Pray, pray according to what you know in scripture. We know that salvation is available. We know that healing is available. We know that God wants to demonstrate his power to his people. So pray what's on your heart right now in this moment. Maybe it's you and you have to just take this time and just say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I've been living in the wrong way. I've been choosing the wrong choices. And God, I need you. Oh, how I need you every hour. Oh, how I need you, Lord. Take advantage of this moment together. It won't last long. I just want us to find a place where we're comfortable or getting comfortable in praying. Now, whether you know the person next to you or not, I would encourage you, you don't have to, but I would encourage you, put your hand on their shoulder If you're comfortable doing that, if you're related to them or know them well, you can grab their hand and and just take a moment while the worship team keeps uh, playing and ask them and just ask them quietly and say, can I pray for you? Or what can I pray for you about? Go ahead. You're not going to interrupt the flow of things. We just want you to find a place where you can be prayed for today. Mention your need and tell that person, I need God to give me peace patience, financial provision, whatever it might be. Oh Lord, you're so worthy, worthy. Father, hear the prayers of your saints today. Oh, hear the prayers of the saints today, God. give you just another 30 seconds to pray for one another and then we're going to pray together I'm going to show you how productive this time in prayer can be today how we can knock things out and have conversation with God and get through a lot of material and still be within a time period Lord I pray for every person that's been prayed for today I pray that you would bless them and be with them, that you would shine your light in their lives and in their hearts, 
that you would answer the prayers they've prayed according to your will. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would have testimonies that could be shared as a result of this moment in prayer. In Jesus' name. All right, take just a moment and look up at me. We're just moving through it at a good pace, but it's, I mean, 10 minutes in prayer can change the world and it can change your world. That's what's most important. So right now, here's what I want you to do. If you're a believer in this house, and I believe many of us are, I want you to think of someone who is unsaved, who is lost. Someone, whether it's a schoolmate, whether it's a professor, whether it's a coworker, think about just one person, a family, friend, whatever it might be. And let's close our eyes and individually pray a simple prayer for that person to come to faith today. Right now, do it. Let's close our eyes. Lord, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus for my brother George. Lord, I pray that you draw him back to yourself. God, he is the prodigal who is not yet tired of his way of life. And Lord, I pray specifically today that you, by your mercy and your outstretched arm, would grab a hold of him and pull him back. Lord, that you would receive him in as the prodigal. And Lord, that you would celebrate Lord, I pray today would be the day of salvation for my brother. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you're a good God. Lord, I thank you that you hear our prayers. As you finish praying, we're going to have the next screen or the next slide up. If you have something in your life that needs God's help, You say, I just, I can't stop it. I feel it's uncontrollable and I've got this problem. Whether it's lying, whether it's cheating, whether it's uh, something in a relationship or whether it's anger, whether it's stress, maybe depression, whatever it is. If you need freedom from something, I want all of us to just close our eyes and let's just whisper a prayer to him today. Father, set me free. Heavenly Father, I pray right now as people are praying. And Lord, I know that's a vulnerable thing to even pray out loud in a moment like this. But God, I just pray that as they speak their words to you, Lord, that you would deliver freedom to them. Lord, you died to set us free. You sent your son to set us free from every bondage. So today, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray over this church that you would set every individual free, whether it's a life-controlling issue, whether it's a substance that they're depending on, whether it's a thing like anger, whether it's a struggle with an emotional issue. God, I pray today for freedom to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, let your people be free today. Lord, we stand against the enemy and we say, no, it is not okay to live in bondage as a child of God. We are going to live free and that starts now in the name of Jesus. I wanna try to model for you and we're almost done, but I'm trying to model for you what prayer could be like when you're by yourself too, which is great. Does anybody in here have a physical need in their body and you need healing? I don't care if it's a back issue you've had for 30 years or you have something like that, but if you have a physical need, would you step out and come up here? We're gonna go old school. It's not gonna take long. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna Benny hen this thing, okay? It's not gonna be weird. But the Bible says 
that if you have a need in your body, James actually says that you should call for the elders of the church to come and to pray for you. And it says that their prayer will make you well. So I'm going to call, if you're in ministry, if you serve in any of our ministries and you want to come and pray for an individual up here, it doesn't matter that you're the leader or not, come and lay your hand on someone and let's pray. Reach out your hand to them. You don't know what their need is, but reach out your hand and just pray right now. Lord, I pray right now. As they finish praying for the people that are up here that need healing, I want us to pray for our church. We're almost done. Stay engaged. Keep your mind focused. But I want us to pray for our church. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like for you to cozy up to your neighbor. And I would like us to extend hands across the room. If you're comfortable, if you're like, oh, they have germs, touch their wrist, touch their shoulder. Okay, something like that. And what I want you to do is I want you, you, now, right now, you're not praying for, so Tim, you're not praying for Becky as your wife you're going to pray for her as part of the church. Like God give her grace when she serves in the nursery with those cute little babies that sometimes stink and sometimes are whiny. And sometimes that's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, Lord, help her as she serves. And then the same thing for anyone else in the room. I'm going to pray like, Lord, for these teenagers who've been part of our youth ministry, I'm going to pray, God, be the light in their life. So let's go ahead and pray for one another and for our church today. Lord, I lift up a prayer right now that you would bless Celebrate Church in Clinton, Mississippi. I believe you've called us here. You've wanted us here. You've grown us here. You've supplied us here. And Lord, I'm confident that each one in the body of Christ, Lord, I pray that you would help them to be confident in serving you and serving one another. Lord, I thank you that we we have hearts full of excellence and a desire to serve you. And Lord, today I pray that you'd bless those who are weary in ministry, those who are needing something from you. Bless them and help them. God, we pray right now for those who are not in this service, but they're upstairs or in another room. God, I pray right now for every person who serves in Celebrate Kids, for Mike and for Hope. I pray a blessing on them for their service in the kingdom. Lord, we pray for our worship team, our worship leader, and we pray for those who serve in media and sound. God, we ask for your blessing, not because we're selfish, but because we want to be a light for those around us. And Father, I pray the prayer that's written in Scripture. Lord, I pray that you would build this church. Lord, it's your job to do it and we're just part of it and supporting that. But Lord, would you build your church and would you do it through us as we speak to our neighbors and our co-workers and friends? Would you give boldness, Father, to every person in this room that lacks it? Not to be weird and wild, but to tell someone that they know and come in contact with about how good you are. Lord, help us to be the light. Help us to be the light on the hill. I'm going to ask you to go return to your seats if you would. I'm going to ask the worship team to bring it down a little bit. We're going to pray for our city. And then we're going to pray for our country. And I'm going to dismiss you. I'm not going to do an open mic and say, what don't you like about Clinton, Mississippi? Let's talk about it and complain. How about this? How about you pray? 
why don't you do that? If you live, I mean, even if you live in Jackson or somewhere close, just close your eyes and just whisper a prayer. Lord, help them to employ more people to fix the roads. (laughs) It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be crazy. Like just go ahead, pray, close your eyes and just whisper a prayer. You can pray for the mayor. You can pray for the elder, um, the elders of the city that serve. You can pray for those who are the school administrators that, that are here in the city. You can pray for safety. Lord, I pray right now for safety over our schools. Lord, I pray that no tragedy will come to Clinton, Mississippi in our schools in this next year, God. Lord, I thank you for safety, uh, for safety and resource officers and all those things in those places. But God, I do pray that there would be safety on every campus. And Lord, I include Mississippi College. God, I pray right now that you would make that campus a place of safety, that no, no student, male or female, would be worried about their surroundings or have to live in fear. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you'd give wisdom to leaders in our city. Lord, I pray for Phil Fisher. God, I pray that you would bless him. Lord, I've come to know him a little bit, and I just pray that you would bless him in his life. Lord, that you would help him to make wise decisions for our city. Lord, help him to not be sidetracked or enticed by money, power, or anything else. But Lord, I pray that you would give him wisdom and direction in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now we come together, whether we like the man who sits in the Oval Office or not, and we obey your word that says we will pray for those in authority over us. So God, I pray right now for President Trump, for his wife and for Vice President Pence and his wife. Lord, we pray for safety and protection. Lord, I do pray that they would have a living, thriving relationship with you. God, if they don't know you, I pray that you would bring them to the place of knowing you. I know what gets said on TV, but you know what's inside of their hearts. So Lord, I just pray that you would lead them in that direction, God. Lord, I thank you for Vice President Pence and for his acknowledgement of his strong faith over the years. And Lord, I pray you'd continue to bless him as the attacks come and the onslaught happens. Help him to stay focused and fine-tuned on you. Lord, we pray for those who are our elected leaders in Congress. God, we have a mess on our hands with the things that have been going on this last real decade, if not more than that. And Lord, today I'm convinced that it's probably partially due to my prayerlessness for them. So Lord, right now, I pray for Nancy Pelosi. I pray for Mitch McConnell. I pray for those who are leading hearings and leading committees. Bless those individuals and give them wisdom, I pray. Help them to lead and guide our nation in a way that pleases you. Lord, your word says in Chronicles that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven and I will heal their land. So, Father, that's our prayer today, that you would heal our land and help us, Father. We need it now more than ever for our sake, for our kids' sake, and for our grandchildren's sake. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said? So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your grave in our lungs. So we 